Welcome to the Colorful Clipboard, where we discuss the building blocks of making dough in childcare. I'm Kate. And I'm Carrie. Welcome to the Colorful Clipboard. We are back and we are so excited to talk to you today about outdoor classrooms. So not just outdoor classrooms, but how can you take your program outside? So there's a kind of a twofold thing there, Carrie, wouldn't you see? Um, so I'd like you to kind of talk to me a little bit about your taking your program outside experiences, and then we'll uh, continue to talk a little bit about just the outside classroom. Well, one of my schools had a full outdoor classroom. It had math manipulatives, it had multiple tables, it had easels, as well as your normal sandbox, climbing structures, uh, bouncy ladders, all that kind of stuff. So at that school, which Kate's eldest child attended, um, we had a full outdoor classroom and it allowed for kids who needed more personal space <laughs> to do their learning outside. Um, and it allowed kids to, if they were frustrated with something inside, they could bring it outside and work on a table. We always had a teacher outside and another teacher inside. And then we had a third that rotated based on the ratios where they needed to be. Um, and it made life tremendously much easier, which I did not expect because that's a business that I bought. I didn't set it up that way. <laughs> it came that way. And so um, the biggest challenge we had was that there wasn't a sink on the, in the outdoor classroom, which there should have been. Um, and if I'd owned that building, I would have added a sink to that outdoor classroom. So when kids wanted to have snack outside, they had to go in and go to the bathroom, wash their hands and come back out. So that was a little bit of a challenge. Um, but I loved having the kids doing, you know, reading books, writing books, creating art, um, learning basic math facts, et cetera, outside um, when they wanted to. It wasn't required that you do it inside or outside, and it gave the kids a lot more flexibility and a lot more self-control. They got to decide where their learning was going to happen. So you did that. Okay, so you did that with your preschool classroom. Um, what about your um, toddler classroom? Did you have things that you were able to take outside if it was a um, a beautiful day and um, I do find that a lot of times when I'm talking to programs and we talk about outside classrooms, they think about, oh my Lord, I'm in Texas. I can't do an outside classroom or, oh, that's three days, three days out of the year uh, because we're looking for that beautiful weather day. Um, but when we do have beautiful weather days, what are some ways that teachers can bring their resources outside and um, have class regardless of their age? What are some tips you might suggest? So in the toddler age ranges, what um, I like to do is, I again, like to have snack outside. I like to eat anywhere we possibly can. So I love taking a blanket out and having a picnic style snack. Um, and with watermelon or popsicles, 
it's really the only way to go with toddlers because they're going to make a huge mess anyway. Let's just be outside. <laughs> um, follow that up with some squirt guns and some yep. spray bottles, and we'll, you know. we'll have a, uh, a water play after that. You know, wash your hands and then water play. Um, but in the preschool classroom, I mean, the toddler classroom, also we can do story time outside, taking the baby dolls outside and um you know talking about how when you have a baby you have to wash the baby and so adding infants to your water play outside um both in the infant classroom and in your toddler or preschool classroom when you're doing water play <laughs> right right so anything you do inside you can do outside are there any modifications that you might be able to you might need to think about doing especially uh in the summer or if you're in a southern state uh that you might want to make sure that you do well i think even in the northern states because you and i both know our cousins in minnesota think that 85 degrees is too hot to be outside um, which in texas is a nice spring day <laughs> so um no matter where you are there may be days when it's hotter or colder than people particularly want to be outside. But as a wise Girl Scout once told me, there's no bad weather, just bad clothing choices. Um, so, you know, in the summertime, we frequently would set up misting stations, either with handheld misters like you would get at an amusement park or with an actual uh, misting station and we built them ourselves with stuff we bought at Home Depot because I'm kind of crafty or handy whatever the appropriate word is for that I don't know if that's a craft or a handy thing Go but, with cheap. yeah it, it's cheap <laughs> it's definitely cheap um, to, to put one of those together it's PVC pipe and some threading and some purple goo and some valves it's really very easy to add that to your outdoor hose um, to have an over-the-head misting station um, helps with the heat. And if it's the cold, having some extra jackets and mud boots is helpful. There's a program that I visited recently that part of your enrollment packet, like when you came to school, the first day of school, you needed to bring rain boots. Oh, I love that. And, and then they stay there? They stay there. They had a rain boot rack, um, which was kind of, um, kind of, it looked a lot like those puppet racks where you just set a puppet on, but instead of puppets, you would stick rain boots. And so the rain boots were outside each classroom's classroom door so that uh, on the concrete, so that any day that the weather was not great outside, if it was muddy already or if it was raining, didn't matter they put on their mud boots and they went wow that's a great thing to bring up um on our next episode so on our next episode we're going to talk about how to deal with parents and clothing but i love that idea so let's make sure we talk about that yeah. one then. now we've talked about being outside we've taken our classroom outside what should we do outside carrie well, I think we should plan ahead for another one of my special days. I think we should plan ahead for play in the sand day. Ooh, play ooh, in ooh. the sand day <laughs> is August 11th. What are you going to do in the sand? 
I'm going to put my toes in my sand. Oh, wait. This is a G-rated show. Okay. So. Yeah. Um, <laughs> no Jimmy Buffett. <laughs> so um, I love sand. I love walking in sand. But sand can get really, really hot. What do I do? Well, I like to spray the sand down with, with a hose um, right as the kids are going out. Uh, again, I live in Texas. And so by the time the kids have been playing in it for five minutes, most of that water will have evaporated, but it will have cooled that sand down significantly. That sounds awesome. I, Thanks for I the also like, oh, wait, wait, no, no, no. no. Okay. I also like doing sand art. That's another way to play in the sand on play in the sand day. <laughs> Thanks for the mid roll. <laughs> so um, that program did a lot of outdoor classroom activities and they also had classroom pets but they weren't indoor pets every classroom had their own outdoor pet so one classroom had a goat another classroom had a bunny another classroom had a couple chickens uh, another classroom had a fish pond I don't know how they kept the raccoons out of it I didn't ask that question <laughs> but the goat. So they, they even took that science element of having a classroom pet and made that an outside activity, which is good because I wouldn't want an indoor goat. No. Uh, <laughs> so, so when we start talking about outdoor classrooms or doing things outside and we talk about having shade structures and water misting and thinking about anything you do inside, you can do outside. But one of the things that um, has definitely become a trend are nature schools. Uh, forest classrooms, and these are programs or preschools in the park. Um, and so these are preschool programs that are popping up all over the world. Um, I believe Finland was one of the pilot countries that really kind of got behind and encouraged forest Scotland, classrooms, which Scotland. basically meant there's no building. So regardless, I mean, you came to school and your school was outside. So you played in the mud, you played in the mud puddles. Um, they still had curriculum. They still had a plan for the day, but there'd be lots of white walking and hiking and playing in the trees and the uh, leaves in the mud. So um, I think that's really something that's kind of an important feature for um, our indoor-based uh, childcare programs across the United States to really think about. And here in the States, um, it's really, you can't get licensed if you don't have a building. Um, so there are some programs that are having a building and the building is basically there for bathrooms and kitchen. And then they have an open space that they use for presentations and things like that. But they're spending all of their time outdoors. There's actually a program that does that to a certain extent in the Austin area. Um, but you have to, in the United States, there is not a single state that will license you for childcare if you don't have a building. And so you can still do the outdoor, you know, the program in a park and be licensed. You're just going to have to do it a little bit differently. You have a building adjacent to the park um, where the kids go to the bathroom and they have um, their meal prepared, and then occasionally they have presentations, and the rest of it is done outside. This has become more of a, like, hot issue for parents with um, all of the concern about COVID-19, 
because they're hearing that if the kids are outside, they're much less likely to catch it or to spread it if they are carriers. And that, you know, the solar radiation is one of the best ways to disinfect materials. And so if we're just outside, we'll just be sanitizing everything with sunlight all the time. So it's becoming more of an issue. So parents are asking, what are the things that you can do outside? Or how much time are you spending outside? Do you have an outdoor classroom? Do you have a mud kitchen? Those kinds of things. So if you are a program who isn't currently really utilizing your outside space, and the only thing you currently go outside for is the equivalent of recess or playground time, uh, right now is a great, uh, great time to start to reevaluate your program. Uh, you're listening to this in the middle of the summer, so you're probably thinking, I'm not taking these kids outside in 110 degree heat in Texas. Okay, fine. But start to put this into your plan for the fall uh, when you're thinking about all of your marketing uh, for enrollment come the fall. Really use this as an opportunity for a selling point, for a re-grand opening, um, doing something that perhaps your competition in your community is not doing. So we are all about trying to help you figure out how to uh, be different how to stand out, how to offer a unique opportunity, and open air programs <laughs> are a great way to do that. And so if you find yourself looking for a new space, because um, you're a brand new program or you're wanting to expand or open an additional um, location, think about even warehouses and barns and, and stuff like that that still have plumbing and still have electricity. And so you can have your bathrooms and you can have your space, um, but that also give you an awful lot of outdoor freedom um, or the ability to be an open air facility. I think that's a great thing to look at as we're going forward. And again, plan for inclement weather. What are you going to do if it's rainy, if it's snowy, Make sure you have a plan for those things. If you're a primarily outdoor program, you may have to have a lower threshold for when the weather is bad, we're gonna be closed. Uh, like if there is a tornado watch, maybe you're closed that day. Yeah, I think that might be the exception to the rules of, uh, you know, you dress and you're outside regardless of the weather, um, which I do think is great. I mean, I think there's a lot to be said about the kids um, especially in southern states. And I figured if they can do it in Finland, we should be able to do it in southern states, right? We should be able to pull off outside all the time. Now, it does mean that you have to make sure you're aware of kids drinking water, kids having enough liquids, that they're in the shade, that they're, you know, you're aware of pickles, eating the occasional pickle. We got to get those electrolytes. Sure they're getting. Uh, shade if they need it, but you'd be surprised how quickly the kids acclimate. In reality, you need, probably need to watch your staff more than you need to watch your kids, because us old people, we have a tendency to forget what it was like to be five outside and want to play outside all day, and so um, making sure that we learn to dress uh, for the heat if you're going to be outside all day as a staff person. So um, again, I'm a big proponent of uniforms and dress codes, uh, you know, all of that would have to be into taken into consideration. I realize that a lot of uh, teachers personally like to wear things like tank tops. 
Um, that's really hard to kind of have them do at work. So you need to make sure that you've got the appropriate outdoor weather type of shirt. Um, the polo or blouse that you might wear inside is definitely not going to work if you're outside. So having some t-shirts or, you know, lifeguards wear a uniform that includes a t-shirt all summer. Yes, they also have their swimsuits, but they're all issued a shirt. <laughs> um, if they choose not to wear it, it's not my monkey. But, you know, you can give them professional looking shirts that are branded with your name that are appropriate for the weather. They're going to be 100% cotton and a nice breathable cotton, not one of those dense cottons. Absolutely. Or if, you know, your staff prefer, they make the wicking fabrics, they make those now in shirts that you can have customized. Um, I remember 10 years ago where that wasn't a, an option. <laughs> like you, you couldn't get a sports fabric except at a sports store and it was incredibly expensive. But, um, and they do have, um, you know, the travel wicking based shirts at REI or Academy. Um, uh, that are designed for hiking and so if you are a teacher who prefer still prefers a more professional look you can still do it just make sure that you're doing it remembering that you're going to be outside yeah and again we're talking mostly about summer being prepared for the summer weather because that's when we're releasing this podcast but the same thing would apply for the wetter weather or the colder weather <laughs> in other times of the year making sure that your staff are still recognizable as your staff um, so what can you do if they're wearing a coat so that people know that's not a parent, that's a teacher? Absolutely. So um, hats are always a great way for that too. So um, in the past, we've talked a little bit about, I think we've talked about it on a podcast. If not, we'll talk about it, um, about color coordinating things. So we've, um, in the past, we've done things like color coordinated outside playground equipment. So that, you know, maybe everything is green for the toddlers or everything is blue or red or yellow or orange. Um, that can be the same thing with um, baseball caps. Um, so again, hats are also great ways to stay cool and keep everybody kind of um, on the right page. And so there's no reason why you can't do that with your kids and your staff. Yep. Okay, so I think that's the majority of what we have to say about uh, the outdoor classroom and using your program's assets to its fullest. Your playground, your outdoor space can be your number one selling feature. Stop letting it only be something that the kids use for an hour a day. It Absolutely. should be a marketing point. Use it in your curriculum. Um, and now more than ever, really figure out how to make that an asset in your program. And we hope to see you next week when we'll be talking about how to get the parents to bring the appropriate things to the school for that outdoor classroom or for any other classroom. Thank you for listening to Colorful Clipboards. Connect with us on social media at Colorful Clipboard or send us an email to hello at Colorful Clipboards. Send us your voicemail with your own questions and stories. If you want to keep learning with us, visit Texas Director, where we continue to have seminars, licensing, programs, and more. This show has been made by me, Carrie Casey, and Kate Young, with assistance from Hallie Casey and Marie Young. If you learned something today, share the show.